Thanks again for tuning in to the Alliance Blog Podcast, our presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you won't miss any future episodes? We'd also like to remind you that we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on YouTube at the Alliance Blog. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, and Twitch at the Alliance Blog. Remember, absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, add what is essentially your own. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. What is up, guys? Hey, welcome to the Alliance Guys podcast, a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com, your number one source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance. My name is Jay Cal. His name is DKM. And together, we are two of the four Alliance guys. The other one's sick. The other one's been missing in action since 2016. We don't know what happened to him. But nevertheless, we will prevail. Nevertheless, we will talk NWA. Nevertheless, we will enjoy talking to you about the NWA. Mr. DKM, how are you, sir? They have ointment for that now. Well, I'm glad. (laughs) Uh, So, a lot of craziness has been happening with the NWA as of late. I mean, you know, this whole... We're going to get to everything, guys. And we started a little bit early today. Hopefully, y'all catch up. Um, But it's been crazy. I mean, first of all... You had Slammiversary, and you had you had Thunder Rosa show up in Impact, and she challenges. She she opens the open doors that, that forbidden door that we always hear so much about, and she challenges none other than uh, Deanna Perrazzo, a name who I I keep feeling like is going to be a part of this Empower series, and she was dispatched. She was she was not able to. Um, to win that title, if you will, and then the news breaks today that now, now she's all elite. Thunder Rosa, and it's her birthday. Happy birthday, Thunder Rosa! So not only did she, Happy birthday! Not only did she make her first appearance for All Elite Wrestling, but then she, uh, she is now, um, gosh, what am I trying to say? She's now signed with AEW. And, and then on, to add things to that, then then the NWA announces a new card on on August thirteenth in Gary, Indiana, of all places. Again, this is kind of a shock, kind of a surprise. Things are coming out of nowhere. Uh, I didn't even mention Mickey James showing up on Impact Pro Wrestling, the executive producer for Empower. Then we get some names already to go with this Empower pay per view. We'll be talking about all of that in just a moment. But it's it's been kind of a wild time here for the NWA. So, you know, we're going to get to all this as much as we can in the allotted time. We'll be here till uh, just about an hour and a half today. And I hope you guys will enjoy the ride. We've got our, our good pal, Kevin Frazier, whose voice has failed him. He will be joining us in the live stream. He'll be uh, chatting with you guys and, and being a part of the show. And, of course, we're going to take your comments and, and your questions. I see Chris Johnson's in the house. Uh, we we know him as Carnivore in the Discord channel. We got Dave Scooby in the house. I saw Terry McDermott's here. And, of course, our pal Kevin. So, DK, first of all, how are you, my friend? 
Can we already go through this? Oh, actually, I'm doing pretty good. All things considered, it was a productive day. Got a lot done. A lot of good work. And as long as we talk about anything other than the show, I think we'll have a good night. Well, we got to talk about the show. We got to talk about the part, the pairings, and the and the teams, and the, and the implications that this will have raining down from the NWA from this point forward. I mean, this is kind of a a, a reset button, if you will, for the end of DK. Yo, DK. Oh, oh. I'm sorry. This is kind of a reset button for um, storyline wise for the National Wrestling Alliance, if they choose for it to be, right? Uh, yeah, that's. That's the thing they have to choose at. <laughs> well, we're kind of like a rudder, a rudderless ship right here because there's so many things to talk talk about. Um, and we want to know what you guys want to talk about, so make sure you jump in here in the chat, leave a comment, tell us what what is uh, going on with you, what you're thinking with the NWA, this whole 73rd anniversary, the Empower Thunder Rosa. Uh, we're gonna try to get to all of that, but let's first let's kick off with Thunder Rosa because she is the birthday girl, and. Uh, Hey, Wrestling with MMA is now hosting us. Thank you for doing that. Wrestling with MMA, he's hosting us on on uh, Twitch. So thanks for doing that. Um, but let's get to it. Let's talk about uh, uh, Thunder Rosa and what it means now that she is signed with AEW. Now, DKM, I'm not sure what you heard today, but the rumors are that, uh, that there was a buyout. And that was very unexpected because uh, previously Thunder Rosa had requested to get out of her contract back in 2020. And the NWA denied that. The NWA said, no, we're going to keep you. They had another option on her contract. They kept her for one more year. And, of course, you know, she went through the global pandemic as the women's world champion. Um, ended up dropping that belt to uh, Serena Deep at our, our friend's show, Primetime Live, with the United Wrestling Network. Uh, Serena Deep took that title to new heights in AEW. But, you know, Thunder Rosa was always there in the background. I mean, she was competing on Dark. She was competing on Dynamite. She was still wrestling uh, pretty regularly, whether it be Mission Pro or, you know, joining back with the NWA. Uh, she challenged uh, Camille for the number one contender spot to, to, to have that opportunity to challenge for the Women's World Championship. And she failed. And then she had an opportunity to wrestle uh, for that number one contendership a second time and was unable to defeat Camille. And like we said, she just uh, appeared on Impact uh, last weekend and wrestled their champion. Again, didn't win the title, but certainly uh, had a lot of people talking about her name. We've said it before multiple times, she's the best wrestler on the planet. DK, what do you think about uh, the loss of Thunder Rosa now that she's all elite and and what do you think that means for the relationship with the nwa going forward in the future i'm happy for thunder rosa because i think you know she's on to bigger and better things i'm not all elite wrestling fan i don't particularly like most of the product but you know when she wrestles there she's as good as she ever is uh don't know how much we want to get into some of this. We don't know a lot, but we do know something. We do know that there's been issues between the Thunder Rosa camp and the and the NWA camp for a while. We know like she had been working with SWE and then that got put to an end and SWE was very clear that it was the NWA that ended that relationship. 
And since that time, they've brought in Ivelisse, and she's won their title, so I don't see Rosa being back that direction anytime ever. <laughs> no. And, uh, I don't know, I've been, she hasn't had a good year, which is kind of sad, because she is, as you said, the best wrestler in the business right now. Not best female wrestler, the best wrestler in the business right now. And her matches with Serena Deeb were excellent. Uh, her match with Camille was very good. But, you know, the NWA didn't seem to want to push her anymore, even though they had her for a year. I would have stuck the title back on her and, you know, ridden that cash cow for as long as it would have taken me. I, I feel exactly far, the same way. As far as it would have taken me. And so, you know, what's she's been used well in AEW. Hopefully, maybe this frees her up. She's had she's feuded with Brett Baker in the past. Uh, Baker's currently the champion. Maybe we can get some good title matches out of that. Not that I have a lot of faith in AEW to uh, book the feud right, but I think that you know you put those two in the ring together, they're professional enough to put on excellent matches. So I'm hoping this is, you know, the start of something really great for her and kind of shame on the NWA for not taking advantage of what they had. Now, I'll, I'll say this. I, I think... I think this was a bad time for the NWA to, to let her out of this agreement. I think they could have kept her through Empower, and I think that would have benefited them because, of course, there's there's a couple of reasons why, right? You're crowning a new set of tag team champions. Now, the NWA has already established this uh, this on-again, on off-again relationship between Melina and Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa had a regular tag team partner in Holly Dead. I think uh, some of you guys might remember them as the Twisted Sisters. And they won the NWA uh, Western States Heritage Tag Team titles. A male, a male tag team titles, but they won those titles and actually defended those titles in Japan at uh, a couple of the Joshi promotions out there in Japan. And and so, like, if you were going to crown a set of tag team champions, Thunder Rosa and Holly Dead, the Twisted Sisters, would certainly be uh, a good a pair for that. Um, but but for whatever reason they just opted not to do that and and I think again you said the cash cow there was the opportunity to put Thunder Rosa in a match with Camille and and maybe have that title change hands they could have ridden that out to the end of the year they could have had her at the pay per view and have a big moment for Empower when you know somebody uprooted uh, Thunder Rosa for the title I mean there's so many different ways they could have gone about it. And I, I do kind of feel like they gave up and just threw their hands up in the air. Now, I don't... Obviously, I want what's best for Thunder Rosa. I want for her to be able to provide for her family. I want for her to wrestle the best opponents. And I want for her to live an abundant lifestyle, like our friend Danny Limelight says. Um, but at the end of the day, like you're right. I really felt like the end of play could have done more to, to cash in, if you will, on Thunder Rosa. Well... Anyway, I don't know how much of that was based on a poor relationship between the parties involved and how much they thought it's just business. But it, it's, a, it's a crime shame that they did not 
take advantage. I mean, you know, imagine if, you know, Camille had won the first matchup and something had happened where she didn't win the title against Serena D. Doesn't mean she had to lose, just means she didn't have to win the title. And so, and then Thunder Rosa comes in and wins the title. Well, that could have been months of, you know, can Camille do it his, you know, second time? Can, you know, can't you beat her? And, you know, she was, she was looking down on her, but now, you know, Rosa has the upper hand. There was a great storyline that could have gone there, but uh, the one thing that wrestling does not have in both its promoters, writers, bookers, and anything else is patience. <laughs> it, you know, fan, fans of some of these uh, promotions are the same way. There's no patience. There's no wanting to, you know, build the story. Everybody says they want a story and they want a good story, but most of them just want, hey, I want my person to win. And I want them to do it now, and I want them to do it whether it makes sense or not. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, and and, and again, um, of course, we should we should again celebrate what uh, Thunder Rosa was able to do for the NWA I mean the minute she walked into those Georgia Public Broadcasting Studios I mean she she really did kind of just grab that audience by the throat and and dragged them on this adventure you know we had uh, Allison Kay who was a prefer- perfectly legitimate uh, champion in her own right but the minute Thunder Rosa walked into that uh, NWA power television taping back in 2019 she robbed the audience of the, you know their eyeballs. She literally uh, forced everyone to pay attention to notice her, and she kept, has kept doing that ever since. And that's one thing you certainly got to tip your hat to her 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 intensity in the ring, her abilities in the ring. Um, you know, she she just attracts eyeballs in, in in all the best ways possible. So again, we we want to tip our hat to Thunder Rosa. Um, we don't know. I mean, she could be back for the Empower series. She could be back at the next uh, the NWA 73rd pay-per-view. However, I think because of the timing, because they made a point to say that she's all elite right now, I, I really feel like uh, I really feel like that's uh, that's going to be it for her. Um, but yeah, it really depends on if anything was negotiated, Rod. Yeah. I mean, they may have negotiated some dates for her, or they may have just may have been a complete separation yeah I know what she probably wanted but (laughs) and and, and, you know Brian had been in here before uh, Brian um, Cervantes her husband and he's kind of you know mentioned like hey you know she would like to move on to that next thing so um, you know I'm I'm happy for her Um, as well as the NWA fans should be uh, you know it's a shame that we won't get to see her going forward in the NWA but of course all Elite Wrestling is on uh, TNT, soon to be TBS, and they have YouTube channels if you guys want to follow her career going forward. You can certainly check that out. Um, the other side of this, though, is Mission Pro and how this will be impacted, uh, no pun intended, with the women's pay-per-view. I mean, let's not be, uh, let's not uh, get ahead of ourselves. We know that um, Sky Blue and, and Genocide are both... Uh, 
basically products of their relationship with Mission Pro and the NWA. And I do feel like uh, Mission Pro was responsible for helping bring in talents like Kenzie Page and Lady Frost. DK, do you think there's going to be an issue going forward with the National Wrestling Alliance and Mission Pro? Or do you think at this point, now that they're ha- they have that wide fishing net within power, that it's a, it's pretty much a, the world is their oyster? I don't know. I tend to think... I mean, I tend to think the, the girls in Mission Pro, I don't... Ladies, excuse me. I don't think that they're... Uh, they're necessarily bound by a contract that only lets Mission Pro book them out. So I would assume to some extent they're free to make their own deals and stuff like that. One of the points of Mission Pro is to get these ladies exposure, get them over and stuff like that. So unless the NWA would just choose not to use them, which would be idiots to decide something like that sometimes I wonder but uh, uh, I would see no reason for those relationships to end per se Uh, the only thing that the NWA might be lacking is some full time veteran females Uh, Molina as we all know has knee issues and Supposedly, was going to go back to WWE, but couldn't because you couldn't work in the ring. Uh, Taryn Terrell also has some injury issues that you know we haven't seen her wrestle a full match, and she's not part of this uh, a championship series other than as a you know team captain, a legend. I don't know if she is one, but you know still and. I don't know. She looked pretty legendary to me. Well, you're married. And... I am married happily. And, uh... So, I, it would be nice if they could get, you know, some females in the line of Serena D, Bean Oak, or... I know, uh... I know Jazz was supposed to be there at the last set of tapings. I don't know if she's still a part of them or not. Uh, so th- they need some veterans to work with these young girls and kind of teach them the ropes and get in the ring with them because you know like everything you you learn in the ring and you learn by working with those better smarter and more experienced than you now um, as far as the Empower pay-per-view goes we did get a couple more well one more name this week um, and then uh I just by chance was happening to listening uh, to an interview with Mickey James Aldis where she mentioned that uh, another former WWE um, women's world champion would not be participating in empower. And I think it's, it's really interesting how this continues to fold out because so far we have two names that have been advertised for the pay-per-view empower. And they're two names that on a large, like national standpoint, I don't think anybody knows them. And I, I think this is actually kind of a good move. We talked about this last week, DK, you and I, and we mentioned that by putting out a name that was lesser known, you can still keep building up to bigger names. And, and you had made the point where like they should have had a bigger announcement. Um, 
with a big name, and that would have maybe drawn well, some more. I pointed out others have said that. Wait, say that again? I pointed out that others have said oh, that. Okay, excuse me. That others had said that. And, and I think our I think our, our agreement at the end of that was that uh, you can continue to build up with names, and, and depending on who comes next, uh, uh, that's what we would do. And so looking at the roster, looking at the two names that we know, because, uh, of course, there are women on the NWA roster currently. We know Lady Frost is still working with the NWA, and she, even though it's had a few appearances in Impact now, uh, her door is open, and she, as she reported on Twitter, that she's able to work both uh, both promotions currently. Now, that could change, but as of right now, that's what it is. We know Sky Blue is a part of the NWA. She is uh, in the, the, the uh, championship tournament. We've got Genocide as well in that tournament, or the championship series, excuse me. And... Um, now I don't see my notes with me, but uh, there are a couple of women who are set up. Uh, Kenzie Page also being one of them. So they do have a couple of women who are currently on the roster. And the two invitees now that will be a part of the pay-per-view in power as part of the um, Invitational Cup is the uh, Tootie Lynn Ramsley. Tootie Lynn. Tootie Lynn Ramsey, Ramsey, easy for me to say, or commonly known as the Blue Dragon, uh, who is a native of the St. Louis area. She's trained out there. She's wrestled for CCW. She's a uh, current, or she had in the past have been a CCW Women's Champion, and uh, she was trained by. Um, uh, I had that here in front of me here. Uh, she was trained by Michael Elgin, which I mean, that would maybe be problematic but not not now she's you know she's completely trained uh and sadie blaze she's been wrestling since 2017 three years in the business you know almost four and uh you know kind of interesting uh, not not someone um i would have expected to be the first choice but again somebody who's adding a little bit of more value to the table bringing something to the table and then we also have jamie senegal Jamie Senegal has really wrestled all over. I mean, she has influences with uh, uh, from Lufisto. Um, she, they call her the punk rock queen. Uh, she's wrestled, again, C, uh, a Game Changer Wrestling. She's been in, um, a, you know, quite a few death matches, the XWW Extreme. And, and she's been a lot in a lot of places. She's worked at bar wrestling locally. And this is... This is a shimmer rise, and this opportunity might be that breaking point for her to become a lot more well-known on a national level. DK, are you familiar with either of these ladies, and, and, and what do you think? I'm not familiar with either of the ladies they announced. The first one I'll give them as she's a local St. Uh, Louis person, so, you know, that would be a draw to, you know, local fans that are willing to sell tickets. Uh, don't, but don't know her, never seen her, haven't looked her up yet on YouTube. Don't know, haven't seen, haven't looked up on YouTube, the second lady that yet has been announced. Uh, nor the drag queen has been announced. Well, she's the uh, manager. Or the, the... Yeah, but I mean, I don't know, don't know her either. And so, this is kind of the issue, I think, that, you know, like some of the people are talking about, 
a lot of people are excited, but I haven't reached the excitement level yet because I don't know what they're doing. I don't, honestly, I haven't even heard yet because Mickey James talked about going out and looking for tag teams. So are the tag team titles supposed to be determined or started or taken part at the show? Are they going to be part of the next set of tapings of power? I mean, I don't, I'm a little uncertain what they're planning. Uh, uh, I mean, they had said that Camille will defend her title. We know that. No, the women's world champion will defend the title. Yeah, the women's world champion. Camille will defend her title on the 24th. The winner from 24th will defend the title at Empower. And the winner from Empower will defend the title on at the 73. Which, dollars to donuts, Camille will be the person defending the title at all the events. And so... Because I really don't see... Kenzie... Whatever. Kenzie Page? Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> that's taking the title. It, you know, I, I mock not knowing her name, even though I actually did. I wasn't 100% sure. But again, these are these are the type of things that do matter. You know, if you're going to draw a more casual fan, you know, you've got to give them something to look forward to. Uh, I don't have anything against women's wrestling. I mean, I'm one of the people that have thought that. Uh, that thought, you know, thanks Thunder Rose is the best wrestler in the world. Thanks that Charlotte and Rhea Ripley put in some of the best matches on WWE in the last couple of years. I mean, but any show you have to get me excited about. I mean, I could go see wrestling almost every week if I wanted to. There's enough local independents that are within two hours of me. But none of them really do anything that makes me go, oh, I really want to go see that. I really want to go see them. You know, it, you know, in economics, we learned the term opportunity cost. You know right. what opportunity cost is, Jay? I sure do. What's it gonna cost? What, what's it gonna cost for you to, to 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 go to that wrestling show? Is it worth what you're gonna pay to for what you're gonna get? So, like, if uh, you know, if you're only halfway interested in the wrestling show, is it really worth your ten dollar ticket or your fifteen dollar ticket? And, and well, maybe was, you would buy it at a five dollar ticket, but maybe you'd be more inclined to buy it, you know, if it was five dollars as opposed to ten dollars. And it's and it's even more than money because what it is is that I can't do two things at once. You know, you can't ride two horses with one ass. <laughs> I love it. And so, if I'm buying the pay-per-view, I'm committing two hours out of my life to sit and watch it. Well, in those two hours, I can't go to a movie. Right. In those two hours, I can't watch something else on TV. There's, I, I am losing other opportunities. If I'm spending, uh, what is it, $40 for the package for two for the two pay-per-views? So if I spend $40 on that, you know, I uh, can't take my wife and I out to a casual dining restaurant to eat. You know, you know, there's 
it, it costs more than money. It costs opportunity. Right. And so why do, what are they giving me right now that makes me say, and for the record, I've already acknowledged this. I've already bought the pay-per-view. So, but what are they? You know, what are they giving the casual fan that says, "I want to depart from twenty-five dollars or forty dollars, whether I want to get one or both pay-per-views. I want to give up somewhere between two to four hours of my life, and I want to watch this. What are you giving me to do that?" And while it's fine to announce some of these people, you don't necessarily have to announce your biggest first, but I don't think it matters if you announce your biggest first. I mean, when UFC announces a card, they announce the main event. Nine times out of 10. In boxing, you know what they announced? They announced Tyson Fury versus uh, Anthony Joshua, or Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. Do you know what they don't do? They don't tell you what the undercard is. <laughs> and, unless there's like another important championship fight. You, unless you're just a really dedicated fan, you do not know and you do not care what the undercard is. Unless it, you just happen to have somebody who you're following because you're a fan of that. But they will never announce a full card for for uh, Walter Fury three for the heavyweight boxing title to the point where anybody's going to go through and look at it and be excited about the ending card, and that that's something that's missing from wrestling in general today. I I find it crazy when they go. Well, what's going to main event WrestleMania this year? Is it going to, or night one, or night two, or, you know, is it going to be the girls? Is it going to be whatever? What the main event is, is what's ever drawing most of the fans to the card. It don't matter what order you put them in. Yeah, that's true. You, you put the main event on last because that gives your fans a chance to come in during the undercard. You ever watch a boxing match or UFC big card for the very first match that takes place? There's 20 people in the arena. There's the other trainers, the other partners, and, you know, the mom, dad, and brother of, and sister of the two fighters. Yeah. And, that, and that's who's there. And they get up and leave when their guys win <laughs> or, or when their guys are done. And you know this because they're sitting in the front section, and trust me, when the main event's on, they ain't in the front section. <laughs> and so, you know, wrestling right now, from AEW through WWE, NWA, Impact, to Bob's Wrestling Promotion down the street, they miss the main events that make you go, Oh man, I gotta see that, and I don't give a blankety blank blank what else is on the card. And so that—that's what I want to. You can do this slow burn or whatever. I want to know what the main event is. I want to know. I want to know is Camille facing or 
Mackenzie Page facing uh, genocide? Or are they facing a returning Allison K? I want to know that. Yeah. Because trust me, I'm going to be far more excited over Allison K than I am over genocide. Over genocide, and I like genocide. Yeah. And and so, as we get to that, um, I do want to touch on some of the comments in the chat because I think there's some interesting things being said. And of course, one of the best parts of the show is you are a part of the show. Your comments will make it on the air. We will talk about that because, uh, you know, this, this is a community here and we're building up, uh, this fan base for the NWA. And so we do care what you guys have to say, but I'm going to go with my man, Kevin Frazier, who first and foremost said AEW is really doing a great job as well. I look forward to seeing how she does their full time. And that's in regards to Thunder Rosa. I mean, there's rumors going around right now as we speak that AEW is trying to get Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan, whoever, you know, whichever side of the fence you're looking at, and CM Punk. And these names are, you know, all but signed. Um, I mean, AEW really has a lot of financial flexibility. They have a lot of uh, a lot of opportunity to sign some guys that who could be huge players in the wrestling industry if uh, allowed to be. So it's it's fitting that Thunder Rosa will be there to be celebrated as one of the best wrestlers in the world with AEW and, and you know, potentially Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, and CM Punk. Um, uh, Valerie Z popped in to say hi, but she's gone, I think. Um, Willie Bowen asked about Madison Eagles or April Hunter on the NWA Power roster. As far as I know, Madison Eagles is still in Australia. I could be mistaken, but I think uh, due to COVID-19 restrictions, uh, there hasn't been a lot of travel in and out of Australia and the United States. Uh, As far as April Hunter, I'm not sure if she's even actively still wrestling at this point. Someone could look that up for me and uh, let me know. James H. Jackson Jr., who's going to be referred to as James from now on, says it's tough if you don't lock people into contracts they could be gone at any time now speaking of people locked into contracts so we kind of openly mocked this last week with slice boogie showing up in mlw major league wrestling as part of the new lax under the tutelage of conan teaming with our friend danny limelight but it's been reported that Slice Boogie will also be able to continue competing for the National Wrestling Alliance and still competing for the uh, United Wrestling Network. So it seems like Slice Boogie has a lot of opportunity in front of him. I just wanted to point that out because uh, even though that there are different uh, contracts that are being offered out there, a lot of there's still opportunity for people like MJF or Flying Brian uh, Pillman Jr. who are able to work for MLW and AEW until obviously their contracts changed and and you know this flexibility that MLW is offering uh, by by securing Slice Boogie but allowing him to work in other wrestling promotions, I think it does say something to. Uh, the sport that's kind of evolving where, you know, there is a, co- a company that is exclusive. And if you work for the WWE, you're exclusive to the WWE. But it feels like now when you, you have the IWGP, um, uh, was it North American Championship? What what is what, what did Moxley, United States, that title match was defended in AEW. Uh, there was there was a title match recently of that same title in New Japan of America, and it's a product of New Japan Pro Wrestling. 
But yeah, the title changed hands last night. Yeah, and to our to a friend of our show, Lance. Uh, I almost said Lance Cave. Lance Archer, uh, the Murder Hawk, and uh, it, it's it just an exciting time to be a wrestling fan with all these opportunities for talents. You know, above and beyond, we want to see them be successful. We want to see them make money. We want to see them, you know, to quote my friend Danny Limelight, live an abundant lifestyle, and uh, you know. Hopefully these things will happen. Uh, Dave Scooby says, imagine Thunder Rosa winning against Serena Deeb, then building up to Empower, going against Camille, then having Camille defend at the 73rd as well as the instant buildup. I mean, I, I see that too. Like, that would have been a great opportunity. I think that goes back to when we were talking about how uh, they could have used Thunder Rosa to, to help build up this pay-per-view, not only Empower, but also the 73rd. Uh, Kakushi mentions that the uh, NWA Team Challenge Series, I think he's referring to the Champion Series that the NWA is putting out. We'll get to that momentarily. And then um, that, that's, about, uh, that, that's about the comments right now. So, um, so the, sorry, I got a little distracted there. Uh, sure. Yeah, you're fine. Sorry. Um, so then that leads us to... to uh, the champion series right you want to talk about the champion series or do we still want to talk about empower and the 73rd oh i suppose we all talk about champions in the league, so well, we, uh, what the one last note on empower um the the women driven pay-per-view the green is that, thing. what's that no that i got distracted by a green curtain oh oh um might have been on, on the other camera. Sorry. It's only me. <laughs> Anyways, um, so uh, going back to the Empower pay-per-view, um, I'm sorry. And there goes the whole set. Uh, <laughs> the the uh, YouTube, the, it so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So going to the um, Empower uh, pay-per-view, um, you know, we talked about uh, two of the names that were going to be a part of it. There was a third name that was invited to be a part of the show, but uh, was not able to take place, and that would be Victoria. Uh, we heard that um, Mickey James Aldis said on the Busted Open radio podcast, uh, radio show on XM Sirius, that uh, Mickey James would not be, excuse me, Victoria would not be uh, available to be a part of it. She initially was going to be, but it just conflicted with her schedule. So there's the biggest name they talked about so far is can't make it. Yeah, that's the first. That's the first name we've heard that can't make it. Um, The second part is um, so good. Sorry, I'm I'm a little distracted. So getting uh, getting to. The champion series uh that was what was the highlight of power this week and um they built up the next couple of weeks of programming they spent the entire show building up to what essentially looks like is going to be a um uh, kind of like a reboot if you will uh they partnered they partnered captains with you know legends and champions and the legends um you know I would clearly define Austin Idol as a wrestling legend. He's been around in the business. He had many contributions to it. I can almost see the point where you'd call Molina a legend. Um, a little bit, 
I think we're being a little bit generous with the term legend. We're using that a little bit loose to describe Velvet Sky or Taryn Terrell. I mean, I know they had some success in Impact Wrestling, but their uh, peak of their impact, no pun intended, uh, really didn't spill outside of those promotions, uh, outside of uh, Impact Wrestling. So to me, it's kind of like, huh, that's not really... Um, the, those aren't those aren't what I would determine as legends. Uh, I, I'm sure that's nitpicking. I'm sure most of you didn't even mind that, but to me, it just seemed a little off uh, calling them legends. I did think it was kind of unique how they just all happened to line up where every female counterpart had a male counterpart. So Camille was partnered with Austin Idol to give you a female male dynamic. Nick Aldis was partnered up with Melina. Uh, the Pope was partnered up with Velvet Sky and. Uh, Aaron and Taryn Terrell were partnered up. It all just seemed to kind of work like that. What What did you think of the initial pairings, DK? Uh, sure. I mean, it's, you know, you'll have one team that hates each other, one team that loves each other, and two teams that fall on each side of center where it comes loving and hating each other. It's kind of predictable. I do want to take a point to what you're saying, though, when talking about legends. I, you know, people, we got to remember words have meanings. And that's why, you know, a lot of people will be, I don't sit there and call a lot of things great. Because not everything can be great. That, that goes against what great is. You know, right. great is exceptional. It's rare. It's, you know, it's not a, not a common thing. I think it was Al Franken and Stuart Smiley or whatever on Stuart Smalley. Stuart Smalley on uh, what was that show? Saturday Night Live. And he said one time he goes, he goes, he goes. I've had a good day. He goes. It wasn't a great day, but that's okay because only mediocre people have great days every day. And it's. And I kind of get that. In other words, if you're defining your day as great in every day, then you're probably kind of just a mediocre person. <laughs> you know, you're probably just not realizing that there's something better out there. Yeah. And so, so you know, I, I do kind of have issues with that. Uh, as you pointed out, the fact that they're all male, female. Uh, I I like how they did the champions, and when it came to the tag team champions, they have one person, and the other champion was in the thing in the you know in the draft selections and everything. I don't know. It, uh, look, well, let me blow through this show from my perspective real quick here. It was silly. I didn't enjoy it. I wasn't intrigued by it. I didn't say, ooh, I didn't expect that, whether I did or didn't, because there was nothing about it that made me care. I kind of saw where this was going. I was incredibly bummed that there was absolutely no wrestling on the show. And I mean, they could have at least put on 
you know, a couple of matches to get people, you know, low-card guys and have some guys to fill in, you know, the bottom layer. No, they wouldn't do that either. Good. I had no interest. Hopefully the series will be good, although, quite frankly, I can't say I'm excited about it. I almost, I've already, like, predicted out everything, so we'll see how close I get. And it's just, you know, we talked about opportunity cost. That is, you know, five billion years of my life that I'll never get back. See, and and, and this is where this show is funny because we both uh, see this very differently. And I too. Yes, but I'm right. What's that? Said so, yes, but I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> so what I okay. I agree with you that there should have been some wrestling and there's ways around it. I mean, the alternates were just randomly selected, but why not have like a, uh, a quick little battle Royal with, you know, the remaining members of the roster and whoever was standing at the end of it would be your alternates. Now I know that would be a little bit demeaning for guys like PJ Hawk and, and, uh, Luke Hawk and, and La Rebellion and, and, um, and, 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 uh, gosh, um, Paro and Odinson, but it would have at least kind of built that field to like, okay, well, you know, these guys had to, to outlast it and you put them on the show. So we'd actually get a little bit of wrestling because as much as this was entertaining to me, I still feel like if the marquee says pro wrestling, that's what we should be getting. Not just the sports entertainment. But I, with that being said, I felt like the partnerships worked, right? You get Molina, who's just miserable to be sitting there next, next to Nick Aldis. I feel you, Melina. That's exactly how I'd feel. Then you've got uh, Taryn and Aaron. The partnership is very bubbly, very funny. Um, a lot of uh, good chemistry already. you got Pope and Velvet, who look, seems to be a lot of respect between the two. And hell, you even had Austin Idol come out and, and just give the best... Uh, the best promo he's capable of doing, putting someone else other than himself for Camille. And I felt like that partnership worked and and, and for him to be angry and frustrated with, um, with not picking Tyrus number one overall, I think that was good and made for something interesting because you could see he was conflicted. Camille's right. Tom Latimer is the guy. He he's the most underutilized dude on the roster, maybe next to Jack Stane. And uh, and seriously, he should have gone first in the draft. So that made sense, and it was interesting. And then as that built up, you know, um, when when Velvet Sky and Pope picked Genocide, right? Game changer, game changer, because they picked the best woman available, and somehow, some way, they still ended up with Trevor Murdoch. So when you look at the the way that it was all broken down, it really felt like they were trying to do some strategizing. And to me, like it got interesting as someone who plays fantasy baseball, and you do the fantasy draft and you pick your team, you look for these things, and, and that's what it kind of felt like to me. Except for it was a lot more entertaining, and, and especially like the you know. We haven't seen Aldis on TV for weeks, and so for him and Melina to be just butting heads worked for me. Um, so I thought that was all pretty good. Well, I will say that Aldis is much better when he's not overexposed. Yes, absolutely. And, I, I'm, and you know, I'm still a big Aldis fan, even though, 
you know, I understand that he can be an ass or whatever. But, you know, just as far as his promo and trust and stuff like that, I am a fan, but when he's overexposed, you, look, it's just like everything. Nothing special if it's all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so that was just one of those... We kind of need the break from him. He can't always be there. And when he's not, it's more special. Mm-hmm. And he's better. And he, and he's the one that deserves to be in the bad relationship. Because he's the annoying, obnoxious heel. <laughs> so if you want him to be in the bad, you know, bad relationship. Uh, I will say that Aaron Stevens and... Taryn Terrell as a comedy duo are are uh, interesting. I don't say I don't necessarily like it, but they're interesting. Okay. Uh, just don't like Austin Idol, so <laughs> I, have, I have a hard time with that one. And you know, Pope and. Okay, Pope and Scott. Uh, I mean, I think. I actually like the team that they put together the best. But I still don't like the show. I I was going to do a poll question, but it's a little bit more complicated when there's multiple choice. But um, everybody in the chat, who is your favorite team or pairing? Just your captains. Who's the favorite captain pairings for you? Um, I, I honestly believe that they did a good job on that. I really felt like they made a, a good connection. And so over the next few weeks of television leading up to the chase, I, I really feel like that dynamic that you're going to see Nick at odds with Molina or vice versa, that uh, Pope and Velvet Sky being on the same page or Austin Idol, you know, heaping praise on Camille or even the, the comedy act of Taryn and Aaron, I think it's going to play a role in how these matches roll out and how it's all gonna gonna kind of work together. So if you guys have your team choice, uh, who which pairing did you like the best, go ahead and list it here um, in the comments section. I am gonna jump on some of your comments um, because I do feel like, you, again, we, we wanna include you guys in part of the show. Uh, Fortification Intensifies says that the NWA Legend equals a retired or less active wrestler. And it's funny to me because Tim Storm is sitting right over there at the announce booth who's a former World's Heavyweight Champion but wasn't really considered a legend. Just food for thought. Terry McDermott says, and Jax Dane is a legend. I mean, Jax Dane has held every single uh, NWA title there is for him to hold. Uh, He certainly, well, I guess with the exception of the television title at this point, but uh, certainly should, to me, have been given a little bit more respect when it came to the selection process um james says who needs wrestling when we got that dkm (laughs) dave scooby says go go ahead dk no i said me i I still need wrestling (laughs) uh dave scooby says at least we know that they have eight matches set up for the next few weeks and hope they don't do a bait and switch and i don't I don't feel like they need to. Like, it's all set. You know, we're, we're, we're building up towards the pay-per-view. 
and there's not really a need to do any bait and switches because you have these matches again laid out. And um, I've heard that there are a few other non-tournament matches or series matches, but I still feel like, uh, you know, that they, they did a good job of setting up a card that, you know, even if it wasn't connected to a pay-per-view that's coming up, you kind of established some storyline that doesn't have to be overly convoluted because it's all part of the series. They're, they're, they, they built themselves a dynamic that if they just adhere to their own rules, you don't need over-the-top silly booking. You just got it. You just got wrestling. <coughs> I'm sorry. I'd like said something like if they just stuck to their rules. Well, look, it's all. It all remains to be seen, right? Um, Have you really explained the rules of the series yet? No, they really haven't gotten into the rules because they said like a victory is a point. A disqualification is a point. So we don't really know exactly how these break down. We do know that to the victor goes the spoils and that the the, the winning champion can either challenge for another title or defer anybody on his list from challenging for his title. So for Camille, this would actually be, you know, it would, it would keep uh, anybody from challenging her on that list going forward it would for and this was also kind of confusing about how they selected their their opponents because if you were all this a, a, a smarter game for all this would have been to pick trevor murdoch on his list and therefore would not have to face trevor murdoch at a later date doesn't that kind of because you know there's four guys on on the list and only one female so, I mean, is Camille going to challenge for another title, or is she just going to be content not to have to wrestle Kenzie Page, who she could probably beat, you know, you know, seven times a week, or, you know, twice a day, every day, five times on Sunday? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, uh, sure, there are some um, loopholes in there, and some not sound booking logic, but I mean, we can't expect perfection. We, they've never given us a reason to expect perfection in the past. We, we can't hope for that now. Um, uh, Terry well, I, don't want, I, I don't want perfection. I do want things to make sense. Sure. Sure. And, and again, nothing's changed, right? We all still want it to make sense, but um, I imagine with, with, within this realm, I figure that they can, they can play by the rules that they're setting up. I, I don't know. I, I'm excited for it. I'm going to go back to some more of the comments. Um, Terry McDermott says he's hoping it will lead to some good matches and feuds. Um, he said, but the, but the selection show could have been on YouTube for free. Kevin said he liked the, uh, our, our pal, former world junior heavyweight champion, Kev said that he liked the episode a lot, even with no wrestling. And then DKM, you pointed out that he's sick. Uh, Chris Drummond, Big Chris Dog, says that the NWA doesn't need wrestling. Its disciples will support regardless because they hate WWE and AEW. I mean, there might be some truth to that. I mean, well, they... now, hold on. I hate WWE and I hate AEW. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at this point, moment, I'm not seeing a hell of a lot of difference between them and NWA. That's a good point. Uh, James points out that there are some good matches coming. Terry McDermott says, who in their right mind would pick Tyrus? Well, uh, I mean, I guess uh, Aaron and, and Taryn might not be of sound judgment, but they did pick Tyrus. 
Uh, Kevin Frazier said Latimer would have absolutely been his number one pick. That's not a surprise. Um, Willie points out that Tyrus is, in fact, a bum. Uh, Fortification intensifies and says nothing ever happens with Aldous. Um, James says they wish they could have strategized on YouTube for that 35 minutes before power and then stay tuned or or say tune in to see how the matches turn out and started with the matches uh, right on power. That might have been a better play, too. Also, this could have maybe have been a, uh, a power surge episode. And that would have been a little bit more acceptable, too, because we don't expect a lot of wrestling on Power Surge. But then again, last week on Power Surge, we got a lot of wrestling. So maybe they felt like it counteracted or, or it was it was a fair game. Um, but uh, I don't think they that much. I mean, really, the best idea that's been thrown out there was that if they had put this in a 30-minute YouTube thing and picked through the you know, through Mystery Man and then done like a four card power to select the alternates. And, you know, and the alternates didn't all have to be necessarily who they've been using more enhancement wise than clear. I mean, hey, you know, I met Imagine uh, Vladimir being under Aldis, where Aldis could block future matches with him if he wins the series. You know, the, the, again, there's the NWA has so much potential, and there's so many stories that they really could have built nicely out of this. And you know, hopefully, they still will a few. But it's just. I don't know. I wish I was going to New Mexico, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's where I'm going to go in just uh, about uh, 20, uh, 20 more minutes or so. Um, so your guys' nope. comments yeah. are, are great, and I'm going to try to get to more of them here. Um, James says that he – oh, we already said that. Uh, Chris Drummond says, was there an explanation why Adonis, Kylie, and Thunder weren't picked – no, there was no explanation. They weren't even there as part of the uh, selection committee. Um, you know, they weren't in that group of, uh, of wrestlers. So, I mean, the short answer is they probably had never had any intention of using them in this role. Uh, again, we also mentioned uh, Odinson and Paro. Uh, uh, the end. Uh, we also mentioned um, uh, BCS six 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 and uh, Mecha Wolf and and Hawk Ari. A, a lot of these guys weren't there. Hey, thanks, Lamb. Lamb is now hosting us on Twitch as well. Thanks for that, Lamb. So um, no, they didn't really give an explanation as to why those folks weren't included. Um, you know, depending on how long this Thunder Rosa uh, uh, buyout had been in in talks. I mean this. If it was going back to when their shadows fall, I mean, there's a perfectly legitimate reason why she wouldn't be included because they knew she wouldn't be on the show. I mean, that's just uh, that's just speculation on my part. Um, Terry McDermott says he agrees with you, DK, on all three promotions at the moment. I believe he means uh, not happy with WWE, AEW, or the NWA. And then Fortification Intensifies says, I think the mystery man's gimmick is that he's supposed to be generic wrestler. 
I really... I, I really don't know what to think about this masked mystery man. I know that he's been playing around with the boys over at the This Is Pro Wrestling podcast as they do the post show for the NWA. And uh, he's been on there a couple of times, has hacked onto the show. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of potential with that guy. I just don't know what they're going to do with it. And, uh, you know, if someone did know, I'm sure that they could figure it out. But uh, again, he's part of this, uh, he's part of the championship series. I mean, uh, real quick, we didn't really get over uh, who picked who, but uh, we'll just run down the teams real quick. We have Camille and Austin Idol. Their team consists of Tom Latimer, Kenzie Page, J.R. Kratos, one half of the NWA World Tag Team Champions, Mims, and Sal Renaro. Now, Sal Renaro was the only, uh, uh, that was an alternate. They didn't pick that name. Um, Aaron Stevens and Taryn Terrell have Tyrus, Lady Frost, Jay the God, Marsh, Marche Rocket, and Jordan Clearwater. Again, Clearwater being the alternate. Nick Aldis and Melina have Crimson, Sky Blue, Fred Rosser, Slice Boogie, and Jeremiah Plunkett as their alternate. And then Pope and Velvet Sky have Trevor Murdoch, Genocide, Jack Stane, the Mystery Man or Masked Man, depending on which announcer speaking, and Colby Carino. And then the matches that we have set for the uh, Block A, um, putting Camille's team, Camille and Austin Idol's team against Aaron Stevens and Taryn Terrell's team would be Tom Latimer taking on Marche Rocket. Now, again, matches were set up, uh, you know, they, they kind of put people in positions to set up matches. And, you know, as a, as a former amateur wrestler myself and, and wrestling in high school and not being a particularly good wrestler, uh, my coach used to do this quite often. He would actually uh, see the best chance for winning and a chance of the, 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 the best chance for losing and would often slot me into those matches where if I won, awesome, great, terrific. If I lost, well, that's okay because we're going to win here and we're going to win here. And so that's a kind of a sound strategy when you're trying to maximize your, your team. So, you know, they could have positioned... Tom Latimer against Tyrus, uh, you know, uh, Camille and Austin Idol's team versus Aaron Stevens and Taryn Terrell's team, but they went with Marche Rocket, which, you know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but we know that Tom Latimer has a greater win-loss record than, than say, Marche Rocket. So a, a victory for Tom Latimer seems more likely, but then they put Tyrus at position four, where now he's wrestling against Kratos. Now, Kratos, solid athlete, tag team champion but remember he has a loss to tyrus at the uh, uh back for the attack remember he 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 lost to, to tyrus at that pay-per-view so it, it kind of sets up tyrus and it has the ability to kind of add more to the team and the role that he is in so i i you know the way they kind of position these things you know aaron stevens and Terrence terrell have jay the god jtg position number two so he'll be facing mims of course the women's match is what it is uh but then kratos versus tyrus you know a better matchup for jtg might have been kratos that might have been a more highly contested match but now kratos versus tyrus tyrus has a lot of size and weight on kratos so there had to be some thought process to it and, and some strategizing and then of course uh block b 
Um, and I'm sorry I'm kind of going on and on about this, but I did want to get to it. You know, uh, the wrestlers are also weighted by position. So the person in position one has uh, is supposed to be weighted greater, which I guess maybe there's more points involved for each position that wins. So putting Genocide in position one, there's no guarantee she's going to defeat Sky Blue, but she has a victory over Sky Blue on, on previous uh, episodes. So that slots her a lot higher uh, you know, if that's a guaranteed victory for Pope and Sky, which, you know, it's not. But, you know, strategize-wise, strategy-wise, it might make more sense. And then they have Trevor Murdoch on their position number two against Fred Rosser. Again, Fred Rosser's a great athlete, but Trevor Murdoch has been more accomplished in the NWA than Fred Rosser. And then Crimson and the Mystery Man, that one's kind of like, uh, it could really go either way. Uh, with Crimson, you know, he's an he established tag team wrestler, but he hasn't done a whole lot on his own in the singles matches. And then and in position four, you've got Slice Boogie and Jack Stane, which is a rematch from uh, a couple weeks ago of NWA Power. So they had to get creative, and I feel like they made some pretty interesting matches and some things that I'm I'm excited to see. So, uh, DK, you know, I, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm looking at you. Your glowing smile here, and what did you think about these matchups? All right, real quick. The trick is to try and figure out where the upset's going to be. I mean, and you know, I do this on UFC cards too. I look, I look and go, well, okay, where's the upset going to be? And so, like, you look at, you know, the first set of matchups. You know, you got Vladimir over Rocket. You got. JTG over Mims. Ladies match is a toss-up. Tyrus over Kratos, most likely. So where's the upset? And so if there's going to be upset in that one, it would probably be Kratos over Tyrus. Okay. That's just my guess. You know. Uh, When you look at the second series, you got Blue Sky over Genocide. You would probably pick Genocide. I mean... Blue Sky versus Genocide, you'd probably pick Genocide. You'd probably pick Trevor Murdoch. Uh, Mr. Mystery. And Crimson is probably a toss up. Jack Stane really- and Slice Boogie, I don't know if it would be an upset if Dane won or Boogie won because the way they booked in. Yeah. And so uh, that's kind of the sad thing there. And you were talking about Mystery Man earlier, or Mask Guy, or whatever they call him. We were talking about it in the Discord. <laughs> I was talking a little bit with uh, Gary Horn, and we're talking. I felt bad the way they kind of brought him in because they didn't bring him in just as a Mask Guy. They kind of brought him in like he's supposed to be somebody who was hired by uh, William Patrick you know, Corgan, right? And he's kind of got that. Lance Storm way of talking. If I can be serious, the question is, can you not be serious? Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but anyway, that being neither there nor here, uh, you know, if they had brought him in just as a traditional mask guy, called him Mr. Mystery, you know, stuff like that, I, I think. I think people would actually be far more into it. Because right now, what happened at the beginning is there, there were all these expectations of, oh, this is somebody. Somebody under a mask. Well, yes, it's somebody under a mask, but it's not anybody you know. 
the average wrestling fan. And so, and I'm an average wrestling fan, and when I found out who it was, my exact words were who? <laughs> yeah. Is that name supposed to mean something to me? And I was told, well, maybe. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so that's enough of that. So, I mean, just look at him. I mean, I don't think there's bad matchups if they, if they do it right. If it's not a bait and switch, you know, if there's not some kind of stupid interference and, you know, screw jobs and stuff like that, they just let these people wrestle. So, I don't know. Is there a matchup in this thing that you really want to see, Jay? Is there somebody that is when looking through, and obviously they can kind of switch where they are. So well, is, is, there anything, is there anything you really want to see? I mean, the I would like. I, I am interested by Crimson versus the Mystery Man because so far, he the Mystery Man hasn't really faced very stiff competition. I think he had a match with Marche Rocket, which in and of itself was fine. But you know, having that opportunity to see him in the ring against somebody who we would consider upper echelon, like a Crimson, um, to me, I think that's going to be really good. Um, I think the matchup between Fred Rosser and Trevor Murdoch at the very least will be interesting because it's something we haven't seen on power. It's something we haven't seen uh, with primetime live and they both go back to primetime live. Um, and then Jack Stain versus Slice Boogie. I mean, that whole gimmick, that whole deal just had so many unanswered questions and the fact that they're going to go at it one more time in the ring after we all thought that the feud was over. I think it's just, it's just telling of like, okay, we're going to get something different. Um, you know, I don't think you're going to see somebody throwing in the towel in that matchup. I don't think you're going to get Crimson out there throwing a towel into the ring. I think that's you're going to get that match to play out the way it should. So I, I feel like that matchup will be interesting. You know, Kenzie Page and Lady Frost, that should be good. Kenzie Page has a lot of moxie. Um, you know, she's still a little green, but she's she's every time she's been on camera she's to me she looks like she's starting to get better and better lady frost i think is a very accomplished athlete i feel like she's been playing down her strengths for the nwa and i you know maybe this is the match where she just goes full on and and, and really shows who she is and then sky blue versus genocide doesn't excite me at all because we've basically seen this match now uh at least once as a as a regular match and then they teamed up and were opponents uh for another match in a tag team match, I believe. So it's just, uh, I'm ready to move on past that. But uh, like I said, um, I, I really feel like, uh, you know, Fred Ross or Trevor Murdoch should be good. Crimson versus the Mystery Man should be good. Um, you know, Mims versus JTG. Mims is still waiting to have that breakout moment in the NWA. I mean, yeah, he scored that victory uh, in the tag team match, teaming with Boogie against the War Kings. But this is an opportunity for him to have a breakout moment, something he has yet to do. So, the big question mark is, are we going to have some good matches? Yeah, I think we are. Which one am I looking forward to the most? Probably probably the Mystery Man in Crimson. How about you? Is there one more so than the others that you're looking forward to, DK? Well, the only one that I'm not interested in is Tyrus and Kratos. <laughs> and, I mean, look, we all know the reasons why, so I won't get into that. Like you, I'm kind of the one that I sit there and look and go, go, hmm, are the two toss-ups? 
which is Crimson and Mr. Mystery, which is what I'm going to call them from now on, since apparently we don't get to name it whenever we want to. So Crimson and Mr. Mystery, I think, are... Uh, I, I, there's so much potential, again, for such a really good match between these two. I mean, Mr. Mystery... I've seen him in the ring. He's talented. I mean, he's he's a pretty good wrestler. I don't I don't have anything against him. But again, it's kind of the way he was brought in and the way it was leading people to think, oh wow, you know, this is somebody. Oh no, it's not. So now that we know that, let's set it aside and go, hey, he's a good mass wrestler. So I I'm really interested in see where that goes. And then I'm kind of interested in Kenzie Page and Lady Frost again as the toss-up because you know, don't really know who's going to win that in that, you know, where it wouldn't be a marked upset. And so those are the type of things that I find interesting when I can sit there and watch something like this. Now, in the overall scheme of things, some matchups I would actually like to see would be uh, Trevor Murdoch versus uh, JTG. And uh, Latimer versus Day. Uh, Those are two matches I'd really like to see and hope they do on this thing. I don't know that's going to happen. In fact, I actually doubt it's going to happen. But, <laughs> I mean, just as far as matchups with the people involved, that's what I'd like to see. Yeah. Uh, now, let's go back to the comments section because uh, I've seen a lot of good, uh, a lot of good questions. Um, one uh, one of them was uh, Kakushi pointed out that Colby Carino is taking on Steve Carino on Colby's birthday. I recently read that today that uh, Steve Carino, former NWA World Champion Steve Carino, and currently a coach at the Performance Center for WWE NXT, is uh, coming out of retirement for one night to face his son Colby Carino, and I think that's that's kind of interesting. I kind of I'm interested to see what happens with that. Um, Wrestling with the MMA points out that unfortunately with having alternates, it's pretty much saying one of them is going to be used. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I mean, again, this is a champion series. It's not a champion match, so we don't know if these are going to be restructured in the following weeks. I mean, uh, they could, you know, we, we how many matches do we actually have here? We're, you know, we, there's two, four, six, eight matches. Um, but we have a couple of weeks of television. So for them, you know, I, I saw someone else, uh, I think it was uh, Chris Drummond said that uh, that Adonis gets a couple of weeks off of TV. I mean, they're still going to have probably non-champion uh, series matches as well. Um, so we'll have to kind of wait and see. Um, Chris Drummond did point out that Mickey James invited Diona to Empower again. I think that happened on this week's Impact or later this evening or currently happening right now. Uh, Gibson points out that Ron Gibson points out that uh, Diona is going to wrestle in Valise at SWE Fury, so he uh, thinks that Diona uh, should come to Empower. Uh, Kakushi points out that UFC books way better than the NWA. Fortification intensifies says he thinks that splitting up Crimson and Jackson will work out fine. They both have enough in ring, um, uh, enough ring and mic skills to be great single wrestlers, especially in the NWA. That kind of hurts my heart, though. Uh, Ron says, "I'm." And the... also, do they split up elsewhere? Because yeah. remember, they are wrestling as a team in other promotions, yeah. where they are being both road warrior style. 
Um, Ron says he's the kind of guy that never reads the instructions to a video game, so just start playing. Same with wrestling. I don't care what the rules are. I'll just enjoy the matches if they're good. That's a good point. Um, let me see. I'm just I'm trying to skip to it because we're running out of time here. Kakushi asked if Cade and Murdoch ever take on the primetime players, and I don't I don't think so. I think that was two different eras. Uh, and then Chris said, what do you do with Adonis? Hopefully he gets a match or two uh, in the non-champion series. Ron Gibson's going to call the, the mystery man Misty Mystery. Um, and, uh, and then uh, Kakushi says you should name the mystery man Mr. E. I like that, actually. Um, but, but we're running out of time, guys. We're running out of time, and, and I wish we could talk more about it, but we'll have more to talk about next week. Same time, same channel, same place, and we could talk about the Champion Series and see how this goes, how it's going to all pan out, and we hope you'll be here with us. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to financially contribute, you could go to our merch store at alliance-wrestling.com and get cool hats like this or T-shirts that are adorned with a similar logo and they're they make you so much more handsome and beautiful that I highly recommend them. Secondly, you can follow uh, you can follow DKM on social media at twitter.com forward slash DKM F wait, it's Fort Worth, Texas. FWTX. Very good. Yeah. You can follow me at the Alliance blog. Kevin, real quick, type in the chat where they can find you on social media. And while we're waiting for that, again, I want to say thank you guys for uh, being a part of the show with us every week. It, this is the highlight of our week. I know Kevin was sad that his uh, his voice failed him. He would not be able to come on tonight. Um, but he, he was very excited to, to be a part of the show. I know he was in the, in the live chat and had some internet issues, but... Uh, Again, this is this is fun for us, guys. We enjoy talking the NWA. We enjoy that you guys are here with us. Hopefully, Kevin will be at full speed next week. I'll be here next week. DKM will be here next week. There will not be a pre-party next week. So if you're going to look forward to joining us on Tuesday before the Champion Series, unfortunately, I will be out of town. And I won't be a part of it. Jay, uh, Kakushi says, wait, Jay, you get worse. Oh, man, I get so much worse. You should listen to the first podcast. I used to have a co-host named Jaden that would come on my podcast with me. God, those were the drizzling shits. Just the absolute worst. You know, Jaden, I killed the first uh, podcast. (laughs) You guys did, too. Who were we interviewing? We were interviewing somebody, and it it went to hell in a handbasket. Was that Houston? uh, Was that Houston Carson? No, no, no. It was the guy that, like, won the national title from uh, Damian Lane and held it for, like, a month before losing it back. Vordell Walker? Was it Vordell Walker? Yeah. Right, because he was like, like, after he won the title, he shit on the NWA. And then was surprised that they took the title off. (laughs) It was mad. (laughs) Gee, dude, really? (laughs) Yes, that was... That was the interview, and it did not, it did not go well. I mean, not that we had a problem with them, but just the overall thing. Was that about? Uh, was that about the time where uh, the Sheik and and uh, and uh, Craig Classic left the NWA? Because I know he was tight with both of those guys. So I wonder if that had to, that played into any of that. No, that was uh, 
That was after the fact, because this was this was under the Thark regime. Okay. Okay. And uh, yeah, he because he, he was act. We were all big Verdell Walker fans, and he was supposed to hold uh, hold the national title for a while, and and that didn't work. And he had like one of his people call in, so the two of them just crapped even more on the NWA after that. And it was just <laughs> like a. Uh, so, Dave and I killed that show. We put a bullet in it. I miss that guy, Jayna. If if you see him again, if you talk to him again, tell him that Jake Hal said hi. I heard that uh, you know Doctor C kicked him out and replaced him with somebody. So I, he he might be wandering the streets of New Jersey, which you know, let's be honest, that's New Jersey. Well, there's there's worse things, but not much. Anyways, that's gonna well, do it for us. That's going to do it for us, guys. I got to get out of here. I'm going to go jump in an RV with my family and drive to New Mexico. So I won't be here next week, but we'll be back here on Thursday for the podcast for the Alliance, guys. So, again, thanks, everyone, for being a part of us, dealing with us, enjoying us, um, laughing when I say drizzling shits because that that word's just funny to me anyways. Um, But that's going to do it for this week, guys. Until next time, we're going to see you at the matches. And now our feature presentation. The best in the world is right here, right now. Whether you like it or don't like it, pal, learn to love it. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. All right, listen up. Now it's our time to step forward. It's time to bring the NWE back into the spotlight. thinking that it might be a good idea if you and I formed an alliance. Let's get ready to rumble! Attention everyone! Welcome to the greatest wrestling program in the world! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing and listen! It's the Alliance Guys podcast with your hosts Kevin Frazier, DKM, and J-Cap.